Disclaimer. The material in this podcast is not to be taken as a replacement for therapeutic services. This is for entertainment purposes and represents the sole perspectives of the individuals involved. If you are experiencing an emergency, please contact the appropriate authorities or professionals. Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of the TikToks podcast. I am your host with bubblegum pink hair, Dr. Caitlin Baker, uh, aka That Fat Doctor on TikTok and Instagram. And for those of you that like hearing my voice, I am Dr. Terrell DeGans, aka Dr. T, and I am That Black Doctor on, not Instagram, but I am That Black Doctor <laughs> on TikTok. TikTok. Um, so we're doing a mini-series on sex. Scandalous. <laughs> Um, and today, I kind of teased last week that we are going to talk about kinks and fetishes and things that people sh- aren't comfortable talking about, but psychologists are like, okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um, so, what is a kink? I'm sure, I'm, I'm assuming everyone that's listening to this is aware, but they could not be. And if you didn't think it was going to get explicit, you are in the wrong podcast group. Yeah, this is not the episode to watch for you. I don't know. So a kink is that when you have like that issue with your neck and you're trying to like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, technically that is true, but not not where we're going today. (laughs) A kink is what causes that kink in your neck. Uh, (laughs) Oh, So I mean, what, that's actually probably true. For, for some of them. Um, kinks are fetishes, right? So it's something that you, it, it, to a lesser degree, but essentially, you know, apples and apples. So I think like, when I think kink, I think of like something that gets you going, like something that you're into that turns you on, whereas a fetish is something maybe a little bit more extreme. Um, and I could be wrong about that, but that's just my interpretation. Like a fetish, I think of someone with a foot fetish or something that's like kind of off the norm, whereas kinks are more part of the norm. Like BDSM is considered a kink and not a fetish. So more socially acceptable version. Yeah. I see. Okay. Well, with that definition, yeah, pretty much anything can be a kink. It could be the color of your hair. <laughs> if you're into that, uh yeah, it can, it can be the way someone speaks to you in the bedroom. It can be um, how someone approaches sex or how foreplay is done. There can be a lot of things that kind of get your engine running, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what what can you identify as a king that you may or may not like, Dr. King? Oh my, we're getting personal. <laughs> Super personal. This is our podcast. Jeez. <laughs> um, oh, I tend to be, which might be surprising, the more dominant one. Um, what? Surprising? <laughs> I don't think it's I don't take orders very well. Um, and that, for me, translated over to the bedroom. Mom and dad, please don't listen to this episode. Um, it's way too late. <laughs> it's too late. Um, I would say that that's one. I, but I, I, at the same time, am someone that is as shy and innocent as I seem sometimes. So this episode is making me blush. And then you ask about my personal experience and I'm like, 
Now my my face matches my hair. Um, do you talk about you? <laughs> what about me? <laughs> um, well, let's think about it. So I'm a person that considers himself and has been considered by others to be like naturally in a leadership position. So that also translates very well, right? So like I am totally okay with kind of giving orders and kind of having a back and forth and like basically leading. But in my opinion, being a good leader means you can also be a really good follower. So I also very much require in those situations, um, not require, but like it really helps to have someone else that can take that leadership role. So like do this. You're a switch. I'm like, I don't know all the terms, but sure, I am a switch. You're a switchy switch, so am I. That's funny, that's funny. So, yeah. okay, that's well. the term. Your turn. <laughs> Not like you, but like still. <laughs> Just naming all of her. Yeah, in the sense, it's like, your turn. You take control. Go for it. And then I'm all about it. Um, Depends on the mood, the setting, the the vibe, you know? And, and we're going to get real specific for a second. There's a, and maybe this isn't for everyone, but in my personal experience, there's a big difference between making love and just fucking, right? So, like, if you're just fucking, whatever, pick one. Like, <laughs> you give me control, I give me control. It's essentially like a let's get to this end point thing, which is nice from time to time, no matter if it's a relationship or just like a one night stand or whatever in between. And then there's the whole making love thing, which is like that for me, is like, it includes communication, it, can, it includes like connection. There's a huge build up period. Like, there's, there's, the end goal of feeling more connected through the process and after the process. Right. Yeah. I would even add on to that and argue that, um, like you can have sex, fuck if you will, um, anyone, like you can meet a stranger at a bar, go home with them, but you can't making love sounds like something my parents would say and grosses me out, but (laughs) Making love is, I I personally believe, and I I think that that would be psychologically backed as well, that like, that there has to be some sort of a deeper connection there to have it move past just that physical aspect of having sex into that emotional aspect of having sex. And some would argue that that makes things better when there's that emotional part versus just sausage in a hallway um did you like that did you like that depiction why why hallway how that's not that's that's supposed to be an insult do you (laughs) throwing a hot dog that hallway yeah oh my god i'm so uncomfortable okay (laughs) so i one of the things that i advertise for my clients is that i'm someone that's kink friendly Uh um because there's actually like communities and like kink is huge like there are kink conventions there are um like you know kink bar crawls and things like that and that's something that while I might seem squeamish about it when there's a client in front of me telling their experience I'm not squeamish it's just when I'm talking about about myself that I am um but the kink community is huge and I kind of love that people are normalizing some of those things that have been like almost forbidden um and vocalizing that and saying like hey this is normal and other people are like oh wow i think this too or i find you know that a turn on too um so i i 
I kind of love the way that that's moving. And I know that, you know, boomers are like, kids these days and they're sex and rock and roll. Oh, all um, I needed was to make sure your ankle was perfect and I was going to marry that girl. I'm like, <laughs> alrighty then. But then I think about it like, okay, our parents were hippies who there were orgies and swinging and everything else going on back then. So is it really that different or is it just more overt? So I, I think we're coming to an age where we're able to talk about it because sex has always existed, right? Like that's why we still exist. And if you go as far back as you can, you're going to see what are considered perversions, depending on, on your perspective, from the earliest recorded anything. And when you see sex, it's, it's supposed to be this kind of natural thing that just occurs when you have some form of connection or attraction, it occurs. And kinks come from that preference or that uniqueness that comes with certain things, right? And this is again my opinion i think the difference between like a, a making love session which I, the more i say it the more i hate it but then just like regular, session ew whatever you want to call it i don't care um and then like actually just having sex with someone or, or for some, many people something it's just does that person or yeah, does that person know your kings are they using it to give you more pleasure? Are you using theirs? Are you connecting with your knowledge of one another? Or are they learning it in the moment? And are, are they excited and open to it? Like those are, are things that kind of make it more of an emotional feel. Where it's like, oh, this person fits my kink. They don't really know it, or I've just addressed it so that I can have this moment with them. That's pretty much it. And it's important to understand what those things are for you. And there's a lot of people who are considered adults now that don't know what they like, what they're into, how to treat themselves, how to have others treat them. And it's a big learning experience for them. Sexual repression is so real, especially, and again, I don't mean to pick on older generations. It's just the way that it is. Like it was something before that was not talked about, was not acknowledged. Anything outside of vanilla sex was like, what's wrong with this person or like they were like a gossip or talk of the town like it's changed a lot luckily um but I also I want to go into the psychological principles of this because I find them fascinating um and I've been actually doing some research lately so I'm excited to share some stuff about that um but in relation of I wouldn't so much say kinks, but it can definitely be kinks. But I think when I think of psychological, I think more of the fetish because the fetish implies like an obsession. And in my experience with fetish, it's like that's the only thing that works for people. Um, in sec like, and maybe I've just seen extreme cases and I could totally be incorrect. But um, so I, I definitely, and, and again, in my experience, fetishes are typically like, tied to some trauma, which I find just so extremely interesting. Like I'll give an example. Um, I had a client a long time ago who had a, I don't want to say these words because she had a rape fetish. Um, turns out she was raped at 15. Um, and, and we worked on that a lot and we talked about it and we processed it and it was something that she felt so much guilt and shame over. And I'm like, you are taking back your, what happened to you and you are using it to empower yourself and saying, this is my choice. 
because when you're in that kind of fetish or like kink relationship everything is agreed upon there's limits there's and it's she's setting up this scenario in which she's being raped but she's in control of it which in a way is her being able to channel that trauma and and feel like she has some sort of control over it or even maybe to convince herself that she liked it right so she's trying to rewrite her narrative yes and yeah with with my one of my jobs um where i'm working with sex offenders that's essentially what happens but it doesn't happen in a in an adaptive way right i'm assuming though she was doing it in an adaptive way um so like you get molested as a child you have really poor experiences with family members. You have no one to trust. You can't process your emotions, and you grow up to be an adult who can't process their emotions. And and it links this idea that sexual pleasure and sexual growth has to be with children, because I was a child when I learned this, and then that perpetuates a cycle that continues to this day, where I am trying to rewrite my own story. And through the group that I was running, you have to explain and dismantle that because it's not that you're rewriting sorry rewriting your own story you're just changing someone else's future your Mm. past is your past but it doesn't mean that you can change someone else's future so interesting so that's a big piece of the group i was running and Mm -hmm. and the main topics that i wanted them to get to to reach that that realization because you can't undo things you can't gain trust in people like that because it was taken away from you and it's impossible to go back in time and do things the right way but there's always a psychological need for balancing so let me do what was done to me so there's balance so if i was the victim now i'm going to be the victimizer or the abuser yeah so that's getting more into negative (laughs) right from from taking your just like what is a, a kink or a fetish into something that might be illegal um, or harming others. And that, like you said, that is a pattern where abusers, people who are abused become abusers. Um, and I think honestly that that ties into the whole, the kink, like what I said earlier with reliving their trauma in turns into something that they that's all that they can think about. That's all that they want. They think become to think that that's normal because it happened to them. Um, it's it's so easy to just say like pedophiles are gross, disgusting people. But then if you get into the statistics of it, it's like how many pedophiles themselves were abused as children. Where does this cycle begin? Where does this cycle stop? It's not just as simple as this person is gross. It's this person has had typically you know something in their childhood or something that. That affected them to this severe extent um and they're not you know gross or bad they just need help because that's not acceptable societally i mean it it's just icky in itself and i'm in no way condoning it but i'm just saying we're, we're usually so quick to write off these people and even myself i have a hard time working with um with sex offenders or or you know pedophiles but after working with one and getting to know them on the inside, it was like, okay, I get this now. Not like get it, like get it, but I get, I get where this came from and I get why it happened and I kind of get how we can stop it. It, it adds a level of understanding so it's not a black and white situation. Right. Which 
people are more comfortable with McAvoy situations. Um, but with that said, not every kink or every fetish is to the level of like sex offense, right? No, so, absolutely not. No. If, and that's why I want to norm like I want to normalize these things. Like I want to normalize kinks and fetishes because like if it is a trauma thing for you, like that's okay. It's normal. Mm-hmm. You're not a freak. You're not weird. You're not um and then if it's not, if it's just something that you enjoy, that's okay too. Like sex is supposed to be fun for both parties or however many parties you have invited. Um, I don't know your business, but um, the, it, it can get complicated in terms of how you feel about yourself. I know that there's a thing called, what is it called, tease? Like sex guilt or something where after you engage in an actor, like after, let's say you were watching porn or something and then you finish and then there's immediately this guilt that washes over you. Like, I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I just watched that. Why did that turn me on? That is, uh, so I, I haven't heard of that in a psychological term, but I've had a, many a discussion about that with male friends. Um, some about partners that they wish they never had, some about like just things that they've watched or whatever. And it, it's become a meme in some circles where it's just like, when you're really into it and then the second you finish you have the it's called uh for in my circles it's called post nut clarity (laughs) (laughs) i love it (laughs) so you're like oh this is disgusting i'm disgusted what is going on and you can see everything so clearly now okay well that okay so let's talk about the brain and what's happening when you're when you're turned on right Mm -hmm. what's happening you're the brain dude (laughs) let me set this thing up and then (laughs) i don't know what i'm talking about so let's go to you i mean i know that there's chemicals that get reacted and you kind of have um tunnel vision in terms of like needing to get that physical release and your brain is kind of set on it and the chemicals that needed to be released to have that happen have been released um i'll 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 make it real simple without going super far into the the names right so when you're excited your blood is start, starting to rush to different parts of your body. Males versus females and, you know, everything between you guys, you figure that out on your own. So now that you have less blood going to your brain, the processing has to be prioritized and it's clearly to get to a, an end. So your brain is going to say, okay, use everything that has to do with emotion and excitatory feelings. Use the same thing that you use essentially for addiction, right? Like you need to get to this end point. This is how you get there. Focus completely on that so you can get back to a sense of normalcy. And then there's this whole buildup that's happening in your body. The blood continues to rush into certain areas. You have that release and then get the release of the oxytocin and the dopamine and all those other pleasure principle, um, you know, neurochemicals. Fantastic. And now, then the guilt. Yeah. Because you're like, now, I can't believe I just did that. It's like, but okay. it's a biological response. Now your brain's like, okay, turn the logic center back on and look yeah. at what these <laughs> But I think that that speaks to the dichotomy of, of our society, right? Like people, like sex is private mm-hmm. and then you're a different person when you're like literally it, you switch it on and off. So mm-hmm. as soon as you're finished, it's like, okay, now I got to go back to pretending to be sweet, innocent Caitlin again. Um, Caitlin doesn't have sexual impulses. What? She's such, she's so nice. She's a doctor. She just she's sits there and talks to people. And then she's she a doctor? Goes, 
she doesn't do that every time i okay so this is super immature but when i used to think about like whenever my friend makes an announcement about like we're pregnant or when i was a kid i was like yeah they had sex because <laughs> i'm five years old <laughs> that's fair there's some i i don't remember the comedian but i remember he's like it, isn't it weird that we announce our pregnancies to our parents he's like hey guess what he put it inside me <laughs> like yeah. that's what i always think like your parents like if i ever got pregnant like tell i would have to admit to my parents a that i'm no longer a virgin mm-hmm. i've been married for <laughs> been with my husband for nine years um but i'm pretty sure they still think i am so what you are <laughs> oh my god anyway um i again cannot normalize all of that enough and I that's that's the main reason I wanted to do this is just because I hear so much about people that have guilt and some people come into therapy and they're like I'm a pervert and I'm like whoa (laughs) okay let's unpack that um and it's it's usually just I have you know a strong sexual drive and I feel very guilty about that and my solution is don't it's natural. It's biological. Your body physically, especially, and not just for women, especially for men, that physical release actually has so many health connotations like that go along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know any off the top of my head. I mean, I do, but I don't want to start spouting things without having like facts, but I know it helps like um, aid like stress like literally stress, which seems so silly. Um, But I know there are also other, like if men get backed up, there can be issues if... (laughs) 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 Blue balls! Reach. (laughs) Anyway, um, basically change your fate, ejaculate. (laughs) Oh my God, why, what are we doing? Why, what are we doing? Yeah, you're going to be in situations where not everyone in your, you know, social groups or your religious groups or whatever you're interacting with is going to be accepting of these things. So it's okay to talk to people that are able to just to talk about it. You don't have to engage in these things, but being able to realize it is normal and that you're not the only one, it really helps out. It Uh, really does. You get stuck in that, like, and especially because it's something like it's like a thing that's done in the dark and secret. And that can really affect your mental health and make you think like, this is terrible. I have to hide this. I'm the only person who's doing this. Why am I doing this? Guess what, honey? If there's a porn out there, other people are watching it. Just you. Rule. What's the It's like rule 43 or something. Oh, I have to look that up. <laughs> basically, like, if it exists, there's a porn of it. I, oh, I, have to I see. It. Yeah. Rule. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, it's true. So, again, if you ever think, like, no one else thinks the way that you do, it's out there. Uh, I'm going to give a logical story just to, like, bring this kind of in full circle. Um, So there used to be a term called glove anesthesia, which is around Freud's time. So this is, like, old school, old school psychology. Um, Old Freud. Yeah. So what occurred was, you know, these proper women, rule 34, they got it. All right. Um. So these proper women would have no feeling in their hands, but it wasn't a nerve issue, right? Because it was a nerve issue go all throughout their arms, it's just their hands. And they couldn't explain why. It's kind of like they were wearing a glove that was preventing them from touching anything or like feeling anything. 
And the reason was because all of these women were masturbating, but the idea of masturbating was so, it was seen as such a, a derogatory thing, or you would be judged for it or ostracized for not being a proper lady that you had to keep it inside. You couldn't talk about it. You were like maybe the only person in your entire city who was masturbating and you're this perverse person. Did they think that like, like I'm just wondering neurologically and like psychologically if they willed their hands to stop working so they could no longer engage in that act. It could be that or it could be just the shame is now associated with that hand. Yeah. So then I was like, this, this isn't, isn't a part of you. This is a completely separate thing. So cut off all the feeling there. God, I love old psychology. <sighs> what were they doing? I don't know, but it sure is entertaining as hell. Wasn't it just, and then Freud eventually came to the realization like, oh, it's because you're masturbating. It's fine. And then he masturbated them in his office. He may have. This, this, this. But, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. And it's okay. And this is going to link to another thing, which is something you didn't know I was going to bring up because I found this randomly. Um, a very common kink nowadays, which is all over TikTok, is are these like really popular Japanese phrases, which someone asked you to do. <laughs> I laughed so hard because they misspelled it. Um, but there's there's the awa awa. That's from Pudgy. The that's from Pudgy. There's a dog on TikTok named Pudgy Woke, and his owner goes up to him with a little microphone and says, Pudgy, can I get an awa awa? And then the dog like screams into the microphone. That's very close to a Japanese thing, which is ara ara. <laughs> well. So there's uh there's uwu and arahara. I know uh, I thought uwu was like I love you. Uwu was the sweet. I'm like uwu. Uwu. <laughs> You just ruined that word for me. I thought it was just like cute. Oh my god. And then there's, and then there's like the sultry like ah, da, da. but it's for like it's, it's not gonna be that deep. Mine's like the guy version. Yeah. Point is, I'm pretty sure someone's trying to set you up for that, so you might wanna No, I know that's a TikTok thing. Yeah, King King Talk is on TikTok, so Oh my god, no! It's like a thing with the kids. It's not really the Gen Z thing. It'll make kids. Don't worry. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh man, that's I, funny. I think yeah, that's all. Yeah, uh, sex series. But go ahead. Oh no, are you are you done? For sex series, I, I I don't know how much more I can talk about. This. It's it's an uncomfortable topic, but I I mean, again, the point of it is to destigmatize. I also think that people are not aware that it can tie to their trauma. Mm -hmm. Um. That's just something that doesn't doesn't really come across your because like you again there's a dichotomy of self and sexual self mm -hmm. and they're two different people mm -hmm. um so sometimes you know this person who has this trauma and this sexual self they're not communicating um and therefore there then comes all the guilt and everything else so um wanted to point that out um, also wanted to say and you know point out there that even though I come off as very innocent and sweet and kind. I am someone that, that is a little bit knowledgeable about this kind of stuff. Um, so if you have questions about this kind of stuff, it doesn't have to just be light and airy with me. Um, I actually am a doctor of psychology. I do get into the nitty gritty things. Um, I just, I like to keep it more pleasant and family friendly on TikTok. Um, there was one more point to doing this. I don't remember what it was. 
Anyway, there's a point. Yeah, just make sure you guys feel comfortable talking about it, understanding that you're not alone in these situations, that it's okay to have kinks, it's okay to try new things, it's okay to experiment. Not everyone's going to support you, but you don't need everyone to support you. You just need to know that you're not alone. And also, like, know your audience. Like, I wouldn't, like, if, if I told my parents, like, to use a Switch, they'd be like, oh, a Nintendo? What? <laughs> know your audience! <laughs> If you're in, why are you telling your parents that anyway? Okay, it was just a scenario. I don't like the scenario. <laughs> I'm gonna call my mom after this and give her the update. Um, anyway, it's normal. Just you know, you can find a community that is into what you're into. They're out there. Um, there's a lot of stuff on. I know for women, there's a website called Literatica, and it's like. Um, yeah, it's like sex stories and like other stuff like that and, and you can connect with whatever. If that's your thing, awesome. Um, but again, it's just that sense of community and feeling like you're not the only one and that even in sexual arenas is powerful because I mean, with psychology, you could feel like you're the only one who has anxiety or the only one who whatever, and you talk about that. But if you feel like you're the only one who has a specific kink or a specific fetish, and you feel alone in that, it's not great for your mental health. So find a community. Get your freak on. Get your freak on. Those are age appropriate and consenting. Yes, that is the other. I And of course, I feel like that should be implied, and I'm glad that you said that because I have a heart. I'm like, I assume that everyone just is on that same page. Consent, number one, doesn't matter. Both people are drunk, one person's drunk, high in general. Someone says, Stop fucking stop, stop. Have a, a code word. My favorite one is rutabaga. Um, <laughs> You want to pick a code word that you're not going to say in everyday language. So this person's like, that's a weird word. Oh, maybe I should stop because your brain is so hyper-focused in that moment. Rutabaga! For me, <laughs> I would probably make it something that just doesn't make sense for me to say. Like, I want extra olives on that pizza. Guacamole! <laughs> 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 Give me more olives. Like, that's not going to happen. So, Hey, okay, we're off the rails. I apologize for this episode. But yeah, con consent is a continuous process. Yes. You can consent before and not during. You can consent during and then feel towards the end, you're done. And you want to stop. That's also fine. It has to be a continuous process. If you're not both 100% able to consent and you're not both into it 100%, then it wasn't consented to. Yeah, and I, I encourage, like, if you're getting to know somebody and, like, you know, if sex hasn't come up and that's something that's on the table in that part of the, like, relationship, on the table. bring it up and talk about those things because, like, you don't want to get in the bedroom and be like, you know, do some some shit and the, your partner's like, whoa, what? Because that would not be fun for anybody. And... So just like be open and honest and like be like, would you be down for this? If not, expectations are important. Mm -hmm. I know that it kind of takes away from that that sexy feel you get like when you watch TV and they're like, two strangers meet at a bar and it's so passionate and then, then they're like walking in the door and clothes are flying everywhere. But like, 
it's hot because you guys think it's like heat of the moment and passion and but that's not reality um in reality like what what if one of those people broke out a switch and the other person was like what the fuck is this um so it's important to communicate with partners or future partners about your likes and dislikes because sex is a big part of your sexual identity is a part of who you are and a part of um your your mental health and it's important to determine what if any triggers you have the last thing you want to do is be in a situation where you are fully consenting and now you're panicking. And it, it's not just so much that it ruins the mood because that's not as important at that point in time. It's the fact that now you're associating that person, that, that intimacy, with that feeling. And if you don't know why, you may never be able to move past that. I've had that happen before. Um, I had a panic attack when I was uh, my first, like I had been talking to, this is like I was young like young young like 14 I had been talking to a guy for a while and then um I met him it was a friend of a friend and he I don't know was out of town and then whatever came back in town and I met him and we were watching this my favorite movie and I just like had a panic attack nothing was really happening I just felt super uncomfortable I just wasn't right and now i cannot watch that movie ever again because of like that feeling that i feel like and it i guess it was him i don't know what it was there was he didn't like make a movie this is not really sex related but it just is showing like that situation add sex on top of that and it just amplifies it because sexual feelings are i think stronger sometimes than just regular feelings because they're they're deep down um and that for me like again that was my favorite movie and now every time i watch it i have this sick feeling in my stomach so, so no more sharknado for you no more shark actually it was newsies oh i know it's ruined forever yeah anyway um so the other part i of what i wanted to mention is exploring sexuality in terms of um what gender maybe you identify as or what your partner identifies as um, because that's another important part of, and, and being communicative about that and, you know, being able to explore with somebody that you trust, um, if you are, you know, looking to, to change things up, or if you didn't, you know, have recently come in to decide, you know, I don't identify this way anymore. I, I choose to identify this way or identify whatever. Um, it affects your sex life too. Um, I know that I could talk about this stuff forever and she's like, let's wrap it up. Um, yeah. I just, okay. So like for fetishes in terms of I'm a fetish, fat women are a fetish for some men that disgusts me and it shouldn't disgust me really? because what? Really? Yes. Really? It disgusts you. Yeah. Huh. No, okay, like, I, should, I shouldn't I should say, like, men who are attracted to, like, I mean the men who are, like, let me rub your belly and kiss it for hours, like, men who are obsessed, like, who are, like, the fatter the woman, the better, like, I've met these people who are, like, I've dated someone that was a thousand pounds before, and that was the best, like, that's what grosses me out, because I'm a person, uh -huh. I'm not just a sack of fat rolls that you can make love to, um, <laughs> That that bothers me a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, like I, as you know, a, a doctor of psychology, I try to like relate that back and be like, well, maybe there's some reason I cannot find a reason. Maybe their mom was fat. I don't know. Get Freudian with it. I don't know. But I, I, that is one that I, I just, I can't, I don't know. It just freaks me out. You should see my inbox. It's gross. Sounds like they're trying to see your inbox. Bruh. Some guy was like, I just want to rub your big jiggling belly for hours while you laugh. And I was like, get away from my belly. <laughs> because those are also the people, while there can absolutely be health at every size, those are the people who are going to fuel, like, they're going to be like, let me get you a bucket of fried chicken. Or like, just like fatten you, because that's their, th- like, you want a partner who's going to be supportive and, and an improvement to your health and not someone who's trying to purposefully make you fit <sighs> there's one person on tiktok that's coming to mind and i want to blast him so bad that i'm not because he has a big following and he is a fetishizer and it <clears throat> anyway um so that's just for me but i mean like there are also fetishes in regards to trans people that's a big fetish and that's that's something that if you are trans, you have to decide, like, if that's something that you're okay with being fetishized or not. Um, for me, I'm not okay with it. You have to decide that for yourself. Also, the it, it, yeah, there's a lot that can be said there, but I'm just going to leave it at there for now. I'll, I'll just kind of wrap that with. I tell all of my clients at some point in time when they, they're really focused on a diagnostic criteria or some, whatever they're brought in for, you are not defined by one thing you will never be defined by one thing. Who you are now is not who you're always going to be. And who you are in this moment is not who you're going to be in the next moment. So if someone's fetishizing you, they're saying, I define you this way. And maybe for that moment, you can agree with them, but it doesn't mean you're always that or you're always just that. Mm -hmm. You are more than that. I think that's the perfect place to quote kind of to end with. I know this episode was strange and probably uncomfortable, but again, we're just trying to get some normalization out there and to end some stigma and um, just make you feel more comfortable with yourself and your sexuality. So if there's something that we missed, if there's something that you want covered in the next one, please let us know. We'd be more than happy um, to, anonymously, we're not gonna blast you. If you, if you have a sex question, we're we're down to answer just it's up to you um so with that being said make sure to like subscribe follow us on instagram follow us on apple on spotify on youtube on where the fuck ever you can find us um interact with us i love you guys so much and it makes me sad that like we get almost no feedback. I know you guys are watching and listening. What do you think? Tell us what you think. <laughs> and, and thank you to the friends and family that do. And like, oh, yeah, I love this episode. This was great. It's like, I always appreciate it. Thank you. I'm sure you know I appreciate it. But I want all you other fans to do the same, too. Like, we have We do this for you. This is not for me and T. Like, this is a pain in the ass. This is not for me and T. This is for you guys. So we want to know what you guys want us to talk about to help you and help your whatever you're struggling with. 
or want to know about. If you find interesting, whatever topics you want covered, like we're willing to talk about it. So let us know. Let us know. Message us on Instagram. Email us at the TikToks at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to wrap it up. And I love all of you. And mm-hmm. I'm going to end with saying, yeah. get your freak on! Oh, get your freak on. Oh. That's the name of this episode. Get your freak out. All right. Well, I'm I'm just going to end with my favorite quote of the day, which is change your fate, ejaculate. So bye. (laughs) Bonus feature. Dr. Caitlin surprises Dr. T with her new hair color and records him while he doesn't know it. I told you. <laughs> so, when you went into the place, you just like put my head in the cotton candy. <laughs> that was the plan. I said, "Surprise me!" And well, surprise. <laughs> Did you say I want the Japanese girl look? Like that was the idea. <laughs> the idea is that it's gonna fade and then be like a really subtle, like rose gold-ish. So like this is just extra for a couple days until I wash it a few times. This this works for you so well. That's why everyone's like, this is exactly what color I expect your hair to be. And I'm like, Why? This is like surprising to see when you don't expect it. But if someone said like, yeah, Caitlin's hair is pink and it's always been pink, you'd be like, yeah, of course it is. (laughs) She was born that way. (laughs) I recorded that to get your reaction. No, I see the recording thing. I was like, she knew.